0: Hallelujah. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? Come on, you can do better than that. Now this time, can you put your hands together and shout for Jesus? (laughs) Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. That's what the people need to hear. Amen. We've got the doors open today. It's beautiful weather out there. And there are souls out there that need to know that it's not just a good day, but it's a glorious day because God is on the throne. Amen. We don't just come here just because we have a good feeling, but we come here to worship our living God. Amen. Amen. And I'm so glad for God and what he's doing. Thankful for my pastor and his wife and the ministry and all the saints of God here. God bless you. I do want to say thank you so much for your prayers and support. Uh, As you know, we were out a little while ago. And uh, we was out for quite a bit longer than what we expected. But God knows. And the beautiful thing about it is, he's a healer. Amen. 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 And so I am standing before you today as a result of what God has done. Amen. So I'm thankful. Amen. if you would turn your Bibles, I was going to sing a song. And I apologize to the sound engineer. But uh, I'm just going to go ahead and skip that and uh, we will maintain the altar call song that's there queued up. But we're going to go to the word of God and I really I just want to share with you what I believe God has put in my mailbox. And so if you would allow me to open the envelope and and share with you the letter that he has given to me. We're going to Psalms. going to the book of psalm chapter 27 or psalm 27 and we will be reading verses 13 through 14 and then we will go to acts chapter 1 psalm 27 verses 13 through 14 when you have it say amen Amen. this is what the bible says he says i had fainted david says unless i had believed To see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He says in verse 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Everybody that is filled with the Holy Ghost, you've been in church for any length of time, you have heard these passages of Scripture many times. But I would like to, I would begin with the first verse, and we will read down until the eighth verse. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his his own power. He says in verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. We just pray, God, that you would speak through us today. Minister to the hearts of your people. Everyone, O God, that is in this building and even those that are out on the streets, O God, that they may hear the word of God, Lord, and that it will draw them to you. Lord, we pray that your will be done and that you are glorified in everything that we have done and that we're doing today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So not to stay before you long, than what God tells me to stay here. Amen. But I do have a word to share with you that is on my heart. You know, David said, I would have fainted, lest I would have believed in the goodness of the Lord. And he says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And then he says, he shall strengthen thine heart. Can I point out something to you in this passage here? Notice what David says. He says, wait on the Lord. And be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Now think about that. So what that denotes to me is before I get my strength, the word of God encourages me to still wait and be of good courage. When I feel like I'm about to give up, when I feel like there's just no hope left, there's nothing else for me to hold on to, there's nothing else for me to grasp and grab onto. he says, still wait and be of good courage. And when you wait and be of good courage, then you can anticipate and expect that God will then strengthen your heart. Now, I heard the scripture say they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. (laughs) He says you shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and not be weary. Now, I don't know about you, but I've done some running in my time. And, you know, there's a certain point in time when I feel like I'm I'm ready to stop. I'm ready to give up. You know, I'm ready to turn around. We heard it this morning in the discipleship class, you know, when you're running the PT test. But you get to running, after a while, your legs just want to give out, your muscles start cramping, and you say, it's time to stop. But the Bible says, if you're waiting on the Lord, even when you're running, he says, you won't grow weary. You won't get tired. He says, and your walk and not faint. There are times in life where we go through situations, there are things that we are going, that we're dealing with in life. And there are times where God will give us a promise. Now, is there anybody in here that God has given you a promise? Every hand should be up because if you don't have anything else, he told you he's coming back for his people. Amen. So you've got a promise that God has given you. We get excited about the promises of God. And we should. He promised to heal. He promised to deliver. He promised to provide. He promised to save. And He promised to come back and take us with Him. What an awesome thing to know that God's promises are available to us. Is there anybody else excited about that? To know that the time is coming, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with on this side. Know that there's a promise that the day is coming when he's going to return for his people. And if you're ready, he says, he's coming back to bring you back with him. That's a promise. And I'm glad about it. But brothers and sisters, the challenge comes when we have to... Wait. See, he says in Acts chapter 1, he says, do what? Wait until you be. He says something is coming, so just, just hold on. It's coming. I heard in the song, and you'll probably hear it later on when the song comes on, but he says there were possibly about 500 folks that he told to wait. He said, but when you look in the book of Acts chapter 2, he says there was about 120. So apparently 380 folks had other things to do, better things to do than to wait. My concern is that we are at a point, we are in a place today where not too many folks are willing to Wait. We've got words like instant. Nobody want to take the time to brew coffee the old style way. We got to have instant coffee now. We don't, we don't have time to wait for regular mail to go through. We need express mail. Express delivery. We've got words like quick. I need a quick trip. We've got words like fast and speed, and and if you ever got any medication, you're not looking for the stuff that you have to take over time that's going to get rid of the problem. You just want to appease the symptoms, so you need something that has rapid release. And we've got these things going on. Even technology has risen now to make things easier for us. So now you don't even have to send mail like you used to send a text. Email wasn't even fast enough. Now I need a text because I know you ain't going too far away from your phone. So you get it within a few minutes. We've got Facebook and we've got all kinds of different mediums to, to communicate now, to make communication faster. And all of this has a lot to do with the fact that we just don't want to wait. Do you remember a time where you used to be able to go into the store and you actually have a conversation with the cashier and the person in line behind you is not upset? In fact, they probably join in the conversation. Now you can't stand in line and ask how you're doing and maybe get a response before somebody's huffing and puffing behind you. Go into the restaurant. I don't, I don't want to wait more than five minutes for my meal. You better put it in the microwave or something because I'm ready to eat right now. You know, they got fast food restaurants and you got folks that go through the drive through and they get up to the speaker and by the time they go from the speaker to the window, they expecting you to hand them their bag with their food in it. But I'm just wondering that in this society now where everything has become so fast paced and about speed, you can't even keep the speed limits down on the highway. They keep raising them so people can get to other places faster. But I'm just concerned that the faster that we go, what is it that we are actually missing? The greatest concern I have is for those who are living life in the fast lane. Is it possible that you may even pass up your promise? Going so fast, you know, you ever rode on a train and you see the train get ready to take off, you know, as it stopped when it's in the stop motion. You can see a lot of stuff. You look out the window, you kind of observe, you know, if you're in the ghetto, you can see all the graffiti and everything, you know, you see broken windows. And... But as the train begins to take off, starts off Gradually. You might catch a few things as you're looking out. But after a while, that train gets to going and you up about 150, 200 miles per hour. You recognize in a general sense where you are, but you miss all the details. And somehow I feel like that's what's going on in our life today. We are moving so quickly, even education you know, I admire education for what it's worth, but if you look at it, some teachers will even tell you that we have gone to a place where we are expecting a whole lot from our students more than what we used to before. And a lot of it has to do that we are in competition with the rest of the globe, trying to keep up. So what do we do? We keep moving fast. Remember when kindergarten was blocked? was simple. You had naps. We ain't got time for naps no more in Kindergarten. There's a whole lot more is expected of you in the kindergarten class. So my concern is, I mean, if you look at it, you see how life is, right? And you understand that we are moving pretty fast, more than what we used to. How much does it apply to our walk with God? You know, God gives us a promise. But he doesn't give us a promise all the time without the requirement to wait. And it's not that God is slow. He just wants us to value the time that we have until we reach that promise. If you look at the children of Israel, you ever read, I'm sure everybody's read about it. You know, you're going through your Bible reading, so you should be through most of that part already. And you find out that on their journey from Egypt to Israel, they didn't have to spend that long of a time in the wilderness, but there were some issues. See, God gave them a promise. They, was, they spent 430 years in Egypt in bondage, cried out, and all of a sudden, you know, God sends Moses along, and he's doing miracles, and, and, and all, they see all these things, and then they leave leaving. Can you imagine how surreal that was for them? Just, man, we've been here for a long time. And we actually leave in Egypt. The Bible says they were excited. They begin to sing songs. Man, I mean, you probably couldn't contain them. But they got to the Red Sea. And the first thing they started doing. Complaining. Moses, now you done brought us out here. See, we knew. We knew this. We knew this wasn't going to work. You brought us out here so we could die out here. What did Moses tell them? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So they went through the Red Sea, got to the other side, saw their enemies overcome. They were excited and singing again. But not too long after that, it took Moses going up to the mountain, to spend time with God, 40 days. It's 40 days. That's a little bit over a month. That was too long. We don't know what happened to Moses. He done went up there and just got lost. Let's make us a God. Now, this is twisted to me, y'all. Now, you've seen these miracles. You didn't even want to talk to God face to face. You said, Moses, you go talk because we're afraid. You see the clouds around the mountains. You see things going on. But we don't know what happened to Moses. Let's make us a God. That shows you just how twisted their minds were. They didn't want to wait for nothing. They didn't want to wait for Moses' return. They didn't want to wait for God to give them the promised land. As soon as they ran out of food, we ain't got no food. God gave them manna. Oh, we ain't got no meat. God gave them chicken. It wasn't chicken, but. Right. Everything tastes like chicken, right? (laughs) But God provided so much for them. But it wasn't enough. And it took. Forty years, God told him, he says, listen, this generation, none of y'all going to make it. Y'all are so wrapped up in getting things now. That you're going to miss what I promised you in the first place. Now, they didn't even have to miss it. You see how many opportunities and chances God gave them. And he was, this is the thing, he was there the whole time. He didn't leave them. He didn't forsake them. He was there the whole time providing for them, speaking to them, providing direction, instructions, the commandments. He's giving, you know, he's he's just forming it all up for them, preparing them for the promise. But they didn't want to wait. And unfortunately, you know, we approach God like that today. We got stuff that's going on in our body, we're sick in our bodies, and we're waiting for God to to heal us. And when God don't move when we want to, we start getting upset with God and start taking it out on God. Let me tell you how we take it out on God. We stop doing the things that God expects us to do. Did you know that the weight, the word weight has I'm not telling you it has two definitions. It has two parts. The one part of weight is You're expecting something to take place, something to come to fruition, something to come about. That is the one part of wait. The other part of wait is you are working. Did you ever look at the job description of a waiter and a waitress? I think I have it here. I'm going to read this for you. Just a few things here. And if you ever work that job, then you kind of know what it what it entails. But look at this responsibilities for a waiter or waitress. Provide excellent customer service to ensure satisfaction. That's a hard one right there. You can barely get folks to start doing stuff for others. To bring about something that's going to please somebody. You know, the Bible talks about esteeming others above ourselves But look at what it says. Provide excellent customer service to ensure satisfaction. Greet customers and present menu. Make this sound like a usher. uh... (laughs) Make menu recommendations or share additional information upon request. Take and serve food or drinks, orders and upsell additional products when appropriate. In other words, that means they may ask for something, but you can offer something else. Hey, did you know we you know we got this this as well? You know, you interested in, in purchasing this? Interested in getting oh yeah, I think I like some dessert. You know they always come to you after you finish your meal and you probably ate too much and they say, Hey, would you like some dessert now? And the dessert looked real good, but you like, man, I don't know if I got no more room in there, but you know I might be able to take it to go. So they're doing that. Arrange table settings and maintain tables clean and tidy. Check products for quality and correct any problems. Deliver checks and collect payments. Working closely with all serving and kitchen staff. You know, I, I wish I, I, I think I might just rewrite this. I think this, this correlates to the church. Let me see if I can do this. Provide excellent customer service to ensure satisfaction. Greet visitors and present the program. Make program recommendations, share additional information upon request, take and serve, take and serve orders and upsell additional products. Do you know where the bathroom is? It's downstairs. I ain't never been here before. Can you help me out? (laughs) Arrange table settings. That means put the cushions where they're supposed to go. Pick up the trash off the floor. <laughs> Maintain tables and clean and tidy. Check products for quality and correct any problems. Ice on the ground outside, chipping it up. Not waiting for pastor to do it. Am I meddling? Deliver checks and collect payments. In this case, deliver your tithes and offerings. Well, working closely with all serving and church staff. Follow all relevant health. Department rules, regulations, or church department rules and regulations, and all customer service guidelines. These are just some of the stuff that's listed on here, and I tried to correlate it to the church. But here's what I'm getting at Waiting, a lot of people interpret waiting as just sitting and doing nothing. Did you read that scripture where Jesus was talking about those that have the talents? You had the one that had five, the one that had three, but the one that had one, what did he do? Buried. He ain't do nothing with it. I wonder how much talent we got in the church that ain't being discovered because it's buried because people sitting on it. I'm not going to contribute anything. But then we want God to move. When he said, wait, that didn't just mean sit down and not do anything. You know, when I was sitting at home and I was waiting for my healing, my restoration, I was studying. If I couldn't do nothing else, I had had the word. And I was enjoying Jesus. I get to listen to the services here and just imagine being at the the House of God, fellowshipping with my brothers and sisters. But I'm like, if I can't be there, I'm still going to have a good time in the Lord. I'm going to do what I can. You know, as the song says, if I can't do nothing else, if all I can do is raise my hand, I'm going to do that because I'm still worshiping and praising God. I'm going to give him something while I'm waiting on my change. Job said, all the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait till my change comes. While I'm waiting, I'm still serving. While I'm waiting, I'm still praying. While I'm waiting, I'm still studying the Word of God. While I'm waiting, I'm still reaching out. While I'm waiting, God, I'm going to give you everything that I got. I'm not going to hold back anything. Wait. The wait before the promises is the greatest challenge for a lot of folks. One of the reasons why it's hard to wait is because sometimes we're questioning God's methods God, the way you're going to bring this out just doesn't make sense. Abraham and Sarah. Sarah laughed because God said, yes, you're old and you're still going to have a child. How's that going to work? That don't make sense. That's not logical. Start questioning God. Sometimes you question God enough. You're going to question yourself right out of the promise that God has for you. You start questioning God's timing. Well, God, you know, it's been a year. I've been going to church. I've been praising you. I've been doing the right stuff, reading my Bible. I'm still dealing with the same physical issue. I can't get rid of this, God. I'm I'm done. It's been a year. You should have been moved by now. Isn't it amazing how we go to the doctor years on end? And just, you know, we okay with the doctor. You know, he's trying to diagnose and trying to figure it out and recommending different medications. And we'll tolerate that. But we don't want to tolerate God when he says wait. Come on. We'll keep going back. But we don't want to wait on God. Questioning God's timing. And then sometimes, sometimes. We question the promise itself. God, I don't want this. You talking about giving me this? There's some folks that don't want the promises of God. They don't know the value. They don't know what it's worth. Brothers and sisters, the message is simple. In your time, you know, we are all in a waiting status. Some of us may be waiting for more than others. Some of us may be waiting on healing in our bodies. Some of us may be waiting for a financial blessing. Some of us may be waiting on direction and something. But whatever your wait is about, please understand that if you're waiting on God, it's not that God is inept. It's not that he's unable to do. In fact, the Bible says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think the question is not about god's ability to do the question is how long are we willing to wait on god and in waiting on him it's not just a matter of sitting and doing nothing but god however long i've got to wait for the promise for you to bring this to pass I'm going to continue to do what I know you called me to do. I'm going to continue to serve God. Whatever I can put my hand forth to do, I'm going to do it with all my might. With everything that I've got. Because I know this is all part of waiting. I'm waiting on you. You know, they don't call them waiters and waitresses no more. They call them servers. Imagine that. So when you're waiting. Waiting. That's what God is expecting of us to serve the Lord. Joshua says, choose ye this day whom you serve. You got to figure out what it is that you're you're going to serve and commit yourself to. But if you're going to serve the Lord, that doesn't mean be idle. A vehicle does no good if you just start it up and it never goes nowhere. It just sits idle. That profits nobody. You're just wasting gas. You wasting your power, the spirit that God gave you when you sit idle and you don't do nothing. God has given us the promise. He's given us his spirit. Thank God for that. But it's so that we can do the work that he's called us to do. Brothers and sisters, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you need today. I can assure you. That your promise, the promise is on the way. In fact, because God lives in a timeless dimension, it's already done. It's already done. See, in the timeless, in a timeless dimension, there is no beginning or ending. So you can't differentiate between the, either one because it all is just right there. It's all done. So in the eyes of God, it's already done. The issue is we got to change our focus and our perspective. Stop looking at it based upon the time. you watching the seconds, Lord. It's 24 hours is almost up. My day is almost up. But he says he's made everything beautiful in his time. He's going to work it out in his time. He's going to bring it to pass in his time. God's going to work it out. That's why you don't have to worry if you if you could just trust and believe that God already has it worked out. You might have been disappointed by folks in your life where they promised you something and didn't they didn't come through for, with it. You know, we sat there the other day. My car broke down and we called the insurance company to ask them to, you know, hey, we need a tow service. And we sat out there, me and my family and, and the car was on the side of the road wouldn't start. And we called it the, the tow company. And they said, "Yeah, we'll be there in an hour." This was about four thirty, I believe it was. Said we'll be there in an hour. <laughs> so we wait patiently. Five thirty comes along, no truck. So we sitting out there. We like, what's going on? My wife calls and she finally they they said, you know, they answered and they said, "Oh, oh yeah, we'll we'll be getting ready to leave right now." So we waited. And it wasn't until, I believe, 730 that they showed up, if I got my time right. But the, prop, the the bottom line is we waited. And the whole time waiting, I thought about this word. I said, Lord, I want to have the right attitude. I want to be like them folks that come from service and shouting and everything and then about to cuss the waiter out because they didn't get their food when they wanted it to or they got the wrong order. I don't cuss, but I'm I know there's some folks. But I said, God, I want to have the right attitude in this. This is the opportunity for me to take advantage of the word that you gave me. So I want to live it out. Do you not know that individual showed up? When he showed up, I felt so bad. The gentleman, 78 years old. Could barely walk. And I got out to go see if he needed help. And and this gentleman now, (laughs) I... (laughs) Not that he couldn't. I, I figured he was—he was skillful enough to do what he needed to do. But it's a family-owned company, so it's his company. But the gentleman—what got me was the gentleman began to apologize over and over again, and he says, "I, I just forgot." He says, There's "No excuse. I, I just." You know, I really apologize for keeping you all here this long. I, I should have been out here. And he kept apologizing. Even when he dropped the car off, he, you know, he asked where we wanted the car. I said, yeah, you just, I said, you can leave it right here on the side of the road. He said, I'll back it into the driveway if you want. And I said, well, you know, if, if you really, he said, hey, I'll put it on top of the house for as long as y'all waited. I, <laughs> but if I would have had the wrong attitude, how would that have gone? And brothers and sisters, now, this is the first time I did this, like a couple weeks ago. I just, I've been getting these clergy stickers from UPCI. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and put this on my car now. I just started to do. Now, I had it, to have it on my car. So what, what kind of message would that have? All because I wasn't willing to wait. You know, you can take practical things, but the bottom line is there are some folks that's going to miss heaven because they're not willing to wait. With the body of Christ, we've got to be careful. That when God gives us a promise, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Know that God keeps his word. He's not going to be forgetful. He's not going to show up five hours later saying, I oh, I forgot. As old as he is, (laughs) his memory is just as good. He knows your need. Out of all the billions of people in this world, God knows every detail about your life. And you know what's great about it? He knows what you don't even know yet. So while you're in your situation, take the time to wait and consider what God is doing in your life at that point in time. Because you might miss some details that are critical to when he fulfills that promise. Take time to wait. It's okay. I know life, the world is moving fast. But it is still possible to wait. I forgot all about my visual aid, but that, there it is right there. You ever turn your computer on and you're trying to get to a website or you're trying to load something up and you just like, would you come on it's still at 75%. What's going on? <laughs> they call it, it for, for those who are technically savvy, they call it, technologically savvy, they call it digital patience. That's what they call it. The word says, I waited patiently upon the Lord, and he inclined unto me. He heard my cry. And the beautiful thing about God, he already has the answer. Are you willing to wait before the promise? We get excited about the promise, but we should be just as as excited during the wait because we know the promise is coming. Amen. The promise is coming. We're looking for Calvary Apostolic to continue to grow. The promise is coming. Listen, I, I don't care what society says. I don't care how it looks. I don't care what it, you know, so we got 10 people in here, but that does not stifle the hand of God. If he's put his hand on it, if he's promised it, it is going to come to pass. Amen. Amen. I just hope you're willing to wait because if you're not, God has a way of getting you out the way. So are you part of the serving crew? Or are you the one hindering the service? It's up to you, brothers and sisters. I don't know how you take this message. But I know for me. There's a song that I was going to sing earlier, and it just says, I don't mind waiting. Yes, those are the lyrics. I don't mind waiting on you, Lord. Two days, two weeks, two months, two years. We waited seven years before we got our blessing The promise that God gave me when I was in Korea, I we had a house. And the whole time we were in Korea, brought my family over and we didn't know how it was all going to work out. We just knew we had a house. And I believed that God was going to help us be able to sell it. And so we you know, my family came over and we just I'm just stepping out on faith, doing what I believe God told me to do. And here we are. We're working and we're doing the work. And, you know. We get God is just blessing in Korea. You know, souls are being baptized and saved and lives are being changed. And we're just excited about what God is doing. And it's time for us to move. And then we move here. And that's about three years later or yeah, about two years, yeah, about almost three years later. We get here. Still no resolution. And we come here and we're like, OK, what, what we need to do to serve. We're here to serve. We're going to continue doing what God is telling us to do, even in the midst of what we're going through. Seven years later, we were finally able to reach a resolution. We didn't have to worry about going it going into foreclosure. God opened up the door and he opened it up just in time because it was right before we received the blessing with that vehicle that we had when we was riding in two vehicles every week coming to service. And God opened up that door and gave us a blessing. And then he gave us another blessing. And God is just keep on blessing. But if we wouldn't have been willing to wait for the promise, continue to serve God, I wonder how, what the outcome would have been. I just thank God. God is faithful. All we got to do is be willing to wait. Can you stand? I told you it was a simple message. but i hope you realize some people don't know the promise some people are not sure about the promise and if you're if you're one of those people you don't really know the promise then the best way to get to know the promise is get to know the lord he's the promise giver when you seek the face of god god will reveal his promises to you that applies to you. You know, God gives general promises, but He gives specific promises too. You can look at it and you can take it, you can claim it. It's done. If God says it's going to happen, it's done. Look in the Word of God. There's plenty of people that God has made promises to and He's brought it to pass. God is faithful. But we've got to be willing to wait. If He's given it to you, don't give up, don't quit. Don't sit around and say, well, I'm going to twiddle my thumbs until God brings it to pass. Do what God has already given you the ability to do. And when in God's timing, he's going to bring it to pass. Do you believe that today? Do you really believe that? Because some of you are waiting on some stuff. You ain't, you're not telling everybody, but some of you are waiting on some things. And some of you have been waiting on things for years. If God has promised it to you, it's going to happen. There's a song that's by, like I said, by William McDowell, and hopefully they got it in the back. But I want to play this song because I really believe it just falls right in line with what we talked about today.